0: We have a guest on the show, somebody who I haven't seen in years, who has a huge announcement. I'm not going to say the announcement. Everyone else knows about the announcement. Uh, but Jacob, I'm excited to announce that Tatum, and now let me see if I get the last name correctly. Po- Poye. You were close. What? What is it?
1: Try one more time, and then I'll tell you.
0: Wait. Let me go to your <laughs> Facebook page where it says pronunciation.
1: Does it have it on there? I actually didn't. It does. There.
0: Wait, let me type it in here real quick. So, because
1: wait, Jacob, do you want
0: to try? Poyer, 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 right? Nice, you guys got it. Okay, see, I I knew it was on Facebook. Anyway, so I just kind of spoiled it. But uh, (laughs) yes, we have a wonderful guest on the show for episode 43. Jacob, welcome. Tatum, welcome. How are we doing?
1: Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm super excited.
2: Awesome. Yeah, I do remember. So, I mean, we'll get into how we know each other and things like that. But I do remember. So we worked on the video production team together. And I remember in your interview, I was like, how do you pronounce that name? And I think I asked you, like, okay, is it Poitier? And I was thinking, like, Sid- Sidney Poitier. Right, 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 Rest in peace. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, great actor. Uh, but... Yeah, and then you were like, Oh, it's
0: Poyer. And I was like, Oh, well that's less fun.
1: I can't believe you remember that.
0: <laughs> do you know the origins? Do you do you have a brief like origin story of, of the name? Is it French? Well,
1: it is French, but I don't know more than that. So maybe I can look it up <laughs> and the next time I'm on the podcast, maybe we could talk about it oh, then. Yeah.
0: I like that. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's funny, Jacob, um, in all of my interviews, I talked about the video production team and how I sat in that room with you and Fisher and you guys were like, Hey, like, what do you know about video? And I was like, I literally don't even know how to hold a camera. And you guys still hired <laughs> <to> me. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, that's the beauty of the VPT.
1: Right, right. It that's the awesome. beauty
0: of being a manager that has that has to hire someone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm hey, joking. I'm joking. Sure did. <laughs> yeah, because, okay, we're going to jump into a lot of this stuff. But here we are, what, four years later? Five years later? You were what? Almost four, yeah. Almost four years Ugh. later, and here you are, like, about to go work in another state that totally revolves around holding a camera and operating it correctly.
1: Right? Yeah.
0: Wild. Right? Exciting Wild.
1: times. It's crazy. And that was, like, the the video production team was such a big part of, like, what got me into video. Even though, it like, the whole time I was just literally trying to not embarrass myself, like, it just taught me so much about, like literally holding a camera, like the basics, Uh like no one else at Juniata taught you the basics of holding a camera. So it was like, it was, I'm so thankful for that experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the best part about learning how to do that stuff is having people around you that are also learning and then perhaps somebody like one or two people who like have done it for a couple of years, but they're not too cocky about the fact that they're, you know, they're doing it. So it's like, it's like, it's a great opportunity because you know, it's just, it's fine. Anyways, before we jump too far into it, we, we like to start off the show uh, asking the you know our guest what they call themselves like what what do they what do they do what are they what are they interested in Usually we rely on the LinkedIn uh, bio which you can certainly use but but we'll start here what what do you call yourself and what um you know, what what do you do
1: Good question. I don't actually have a great answer for this, which might be a little disappointing. Um, But I think I'm still figuring it out, which is kind of like the art of being a creative. But initially, I would normally say, like, I'm a creative, but I am drawn to videography. That's kind of where Mm -hmm. my passions lie. But when I was job searching, you can't type in really creative because like what you're looking for doesn't really come right. up. It could be all over the place. So something that stuck with me a lot was a photo and video specialist, which I thought mm-hmm. was a cool title. Um, and I kind of felt like I meshed a lot with that, but I am more skilled in video, like photos kind of on the back end for me. But uh-huh. sure. my current title for my job is video and creative content coordinator. So like it all kind of meshes together, but I don't have like a specific name for myself yet.
0: Right. Well, what do you guys usually, call yourselves? Well, that's the thing. Is a lot of times we we use our our Poe to to build the foundation, the right. program of emphasis from Juniata, right? And so, what what was your what was your Poe?
1: It was multimedia production and design. A mouthful. Oh, see, there you go.
0: There you go. See, mine was communication yeah. and oh, what was it? Media production, communication, media production.
2: Jacob, what was yours? Uh, mine was media writing and production. Oh and my goodness, we should. For the uninitiated, the, the POE stands for Program of Emphasis. It's basically the major of Juniata. Uh, it's a whole thing. So yeah, yeah. we won't get into it. I, but I, you
0: know. I think it's important, though, Tatum, uh, that that you know to be able to to speak well about your skills is how you end up actually getting a job. And what I'm super excited about is the fact that um, you know when you when you can speak about your skills in in a way that somebody can believe you. <laughs> I mean that's super important, and then and then of course we can dive into how a portfolio makes all the difference, and how how that eventually ends up you know landing you a job because that's sort of what we're hoping to base this whole show around today is you know how to build a portfolio, how to build it correctly, and and then how to find yourself in a position to you know to get it to get a job. But you know I like to call myself a creative, and I love how uh, you know. We haven't talked in years, Tatum, and, and that's how you started. I, I want to call myself a creative. So it's cliche a little bit, but it's a good place to start.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, I feel like you say, I, you know, I don't have a good answer for that. Who among us do? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know what I am. Exactly. <laughs> I, think, I think that's the first time that anybody's flipped that question around on us. Well, I'm curious. <laughs> and I realize I don't have an answer. Because,
1: I mean – for example, like when I went to make my POE, I based my POE off of the people above me. So like when you yeah. guys talk about right. who you are and how you define yourselves, that helps me figure out how to define myself.
0: Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Wild. So um, how do we know each other? How do we all know each other? I know we talked about the video production team. You, we we were working together for a year, I think. Right, Jacob? Yeah. And you were right. a project program man. What did you call yourself? What was your title?
2: My title? It was just yeah. manager.
0: Manager. Yeah. And and we were just the, the ones that you sent out on your errands, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm feeling Chipotle, Nate. Can you head out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, yeah I, th- I think you guys came in at the same time.
1: We did, oh, I yeah. think.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That was, um, I I literally like when I literally say I have no idea what I was doing. I literally could not tell you. Like I remember sitting down with. <laughs> it's so crazy how time happens. But I remember sitting down with Fisher Stroud and like, she's, it's like the first day of training and she's like, okay, we're going to create files. Like, like the, like the <laughs> folders, like the folders yeah. in the file to, for like Premiere." And I, and I was like, literally, how do you create a file? And she, she looked at me and I was like, I am in the wrong place. Like I did <laughs> yeah. the wrong thing, but it all worked out.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, that that's honestly, that's probably the, the best place. I mean, I mean, you alluded to it like Juniata has those programs in place, but, it, you know, the real way to get the experience is to have that kind of job or the on-campus job to kind of, you know, go all bootstraps right. to learn it. So when did you start to realize that, OK, I'm starting to get it or, or what mm-hmm. was kind of the, the big moment for you? as you started doing more work in the video creative realm?
1: That's such a good question. I think I think one of the things I really loved, I don't know if I had like a moment, but I think one of the things I really loved was like when somebody started to have questions about video stuff and they would like think of me, even though I didn't really yeah. know what I was doing. That was like uh-huh. my moment where I was uh-huh. like, okay, like maybe I, I don't really see myself doing very well, but if other people think that like, I'm doing okay and they're asking Uh me questions like this is that's kind of what led me towards wanting to pursue it more like that's just something I can think of but even just like like just testing out more jobs on campus like where it wasn't for a grade so after the VPT I got hired for the digital media studio and like that was when I started like actually learning like how to make things artistic and how to storytell so I think Mm -hmm. around my like the First semester of my junior year was when I really thought I could do this. So mm-hmm. kind of late.
2: Well, yeah, I, I do think that that is kind of, you know, as a freshman, unless you have this insanely superhuman ego, you know, you you have no idea what's going on. Right. Even as a sophomore, you're still barely getting there. But yeah, I, I think junior year and like you mentioned, just having the people think of you, that's when you start to be like, okay, maybe I am on the right track here. Yeah, that's interesting.
1: And um, one more thing to talk about. Um, This week at Juniata was a super big thing. Like, I, Mm. they had reached out to me and was like, and they were like, do you want to come shadow? And I was like, yeah. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll like, come check it out. And that ended up being such a huge piece for my portfolio, too. Like, it just made me like, I was talking to Taylor Hallibuch. uh They had reached out after I got the job and were congratulating me. And they and I was saying, you know, like, I can't believe this week at Juniata was such a big piece for, like, this job wanting me. Like, it's just, it seems mm-hmm. like, like, this week at Juniata, like, what do you mean? Like, literally, we just point and shoot and then, <laughs> you know, put music over it. And they were saying that that was such a huge piece for them, too, which I just thought was so cool. Because, you know, like, that's not even something uh. that students on campus are, like... Watching all the time. It was just, it was cool.
2: This week at Juniata, being kind of like the the weekly, what's going on on campus thing, for Juniata, um, which are they still doing
1: that? No, <laughs> it died oh, after us. That's which sad. Someone eventually will pick it back up, but
2: because I know my mom watched <laughs> watched this week at Juniata really? and then would text me being like, "Oh, so I heard this is going on." And I'm like, "Yep, yeah.
1: that's awesome." She's a fan. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh,
2: what were you gonna say, Nate?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, thanks for clarifying what this week at Juniata was. Uh, anyways, you, you talked to, uh, Tatum, you, t- you talked briefly about, um, when you, when you found out, you know, people were saying, Hey, you're, you're the video person or you're the photographer person. Uh, and then you talked about, you know, how your skills started to develop when you started to do some of these other projects. Uh, just out of curiosity, what, what kind of came first? Was that sort of the the, the technical, uh, you know, photography, video, uh, camera editing skills? Or was it sort of that unique nature of storytelling um, what you know what clicked first because a lot of times we we understand storytelling well before we know how to work a camera because that's just sort of based on you know elementary schooling all the way up through middle school you know we learn even into high school what storytelling is but what clicked for you first?
1: It was absolutely the storytelling piece um i I still don't even think that my video skills are like to a point that I would like them to be, you know, as we're evolving and doing better and watching oh, and things. And we're comparing
0: and, ourselves to YouTube all the time. I mean, right, right now.
1: Right. But, um, I definitely learned like how to, ca- like how to know what I want to capture before I learned how to actually capture it. Like I yep. could see it in right. my head and yep. how I wanted it to play out before I yep. learned the and skills. That's,
0: and I, I'm going to, sorry to interrupt, but I think that is what distinguishes between uh, you know, somebody just picking up a camera who knows how to use it for somebody who can actually uh tell stories and evoke invoke emotion and have their work actually be powerful, right? Absolutely. If you can picture the things that you are doing before you even shoot it, like if you can storyboard in your mind, I think that's what distinguishes between sort of an amateur and, and a professional, even if your skills aren't exactly what they would be, you know, 10 years from now when you're working on it every single day. Cause that's all it comes down to when you work right. on something, a skill every single day, you learn how to edit, you learn how to shoot, you know exactly what you want. I mean, that just comes with time.
1: You know, yeah. you're, you actually make a great point because even post interviews for the job that I accepted, my boss had said to me, you know, the difference between you and the other candidates was your storytelling abilities are over the roof. And mm-hmm. these other these other applicants were all technical and they were all tv production and like people who are just kind of standing behind the camera and that there's just such a difference in certain job points about like what you're applying to if that makes sense
2: yeah absolutely i mean so i do remember uh and forgive me i'm blanking on the title but your senior project last year uh that's i saw uh, there's a live stream of the like uh film night right back mm-hmm. in, right, right right must have right. been may right mm-hmm. yeah or 2021 april. yeah uh april yeah sure uh time's weird like that's okay uh <laughs> but i remember th- your project was really really good thank uh, you and uh you know your bosses mentioning the storytelling ability. I'm sure that that also kind of drove that home for you. Can you talk about that project a little bit?
1: Yeah. So uh, my senior thesis was a grouping of um, eight short films that utilized color theory in film um, to basically tell my personal narratives while coming out as a part of the LGBTQ plus community. And then each Mm -hmm. film was shot in a different color of the rainbow to highlight specific emotions that I felt. Um, And, yeah, that that project is, like, what I always talk about first when it comes to, like like, in interviews when they would ask, like, what's the project that you're most proud of? I think it was so cool to be able to combine, like, my own personal stories and who I am in this awesome film that is just features, like, this beautiful story. And I'm not talking about this very well, but... The this uh, like the fact that I can show this piece of myself to jobs that I want to apply to takes off the table, me having to come out to people like in an Mm -hmm. interview. And then it also shows like who I am as a person and showcases my Mm -hmm. storytelling abilities. So it's kind of like this all in one piece where I can kind of be like, this is what you're getting. So it's been a huge piece of my portfolio for sure. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's that's powerful. I I just want to say for the folks who listen, who are still in college or who who are going to go into college or who are still in any kind of schooling, take that moment to work with the folks around you to create pieces like that. I mean, this is probably a once in a lifetime project that you'll have that that not only is going to connect you to the great memories of college, the great people of college, but also got you a job that is going to, you know, you know, put you in places that you never would have thought you'd be in. Absolutely. Uh, so that's just amazing. I think that's just, I'm kind of blown away because I, I remember watching it, uh, but to have that whole backstory of like, well, how does this, how is this a tool for me? It's a tool that I created out of love. Like, that's awesome. I can't get yeah. over it. That's no. so cool.
1: Thank you for saying that. It's crazy. Like though, in the moment, I didn't realize how powerful it was going to be in my job process until afterwards. So when I was creating, it, I wasn't thinking about, you know, all those aspects that I just talked about, but now I look back yeah. on it. And I'm like, wow, that really worked out for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and yeah. that's
0: why it turned out so good because you weren't thinking of it as a tool then you were, you were creating it out of your, out of your heart. You were creating it out of your need to, to want to do something like that. Right. And yeah, as soon absolutely. as you start doing it, as soon as you start doing it, because you, you are thinking about what it can happen, what can happen in the future. I think that's where you start to lose the authenticity of it.
1: Exactly. And I I hear all the time, like, you should create a podcast. You should start a YouTube channel, which I appreciate about your guys's stuff is like you're doing it for the love of it. Like if I ever started something like that, (laughs) I would want to do it for the love of it, not for people to listen. And I I don't know. I just I think when you're creative, you can appreciate that. But when you're somebody who's just trying to make it big, it's just different. You just don't get the same stories.
2: Yeah, right. Absolutely. Uh, So Now, so you graduated May 2021. Uh, Tell us about your experiences in that initial job search after you graduated.
1: Sure. So I actually didn't start applying to jobs. I waited a lot longer than most people would, mostly because I was so burnt out after my (laughs) senior semester. Um, Yeah. But secondly, we were working on the East Broad Top Railroad Project film, which oh, we got really funding cool. yeah. Yeah, to yeah, extend yeah. until October. So I just finished it up in October and then that was with Ashley Purvis and Haley Purvis. And that's uh-huh. supposed to be released sometime, but we don't really know when. Um, <laughs> I'm
0: glad you brought that up because we certainly need to bring them on the show. When, yeah. When we when we hear about when this release stuff is, Jacob, we're capitalizing Smart. on this because they did some amazing yes. – I, I mean the trailers were awesome and I can only Thank imagine so what, it, what it's going to come yeah. out to. so
1: We're really excited about it. Um, but that, so thankfully we got that extended and then I got some, you know, cash to hold me over until I started applying to jobs. But then that also, I had to build my website because the semester that I was supposed to take the, the class at Juniata that, where you build your website with Ryan, Hmm. I oh, yeah. was abroad, so I didn't get to ever build my website and I didn't have time during my senior year. So that took me forever to get done over the summer. Um, yeah. So I didn't actually start applying until mid-October, which at that point, it felt like everybody had jobs. So it was just kind of like <laughs> I was starting to get the pressure on me. Um, So that started. And then I do you guys want me to talk about like like the types of jobs I applied to? Oh, yeah.
0: Everything. OK, sure.
1: OK, so. <laughs> My first thought was I really wanted to find a job where I could work for a film festival. I thought that that would be, like, the coolest mm. first job ever, and it's something I hadn't considered ever. So yeah. I started looking for positions within film festivals, and you have to have a lot of experience, unfortunately, to oh. work in film festivals, which is hard because, like, it's that thing where how do you get the experience if you can't get in to get the experience? So, right, right. <laughs> trying to figure that out. And I hope to eventually like join a volunteer committee and then like in the background and then try to like work my way into that because I just think that would be super cool. I feel like that's something you guys would like to do too, especially you, Jacob. That'd be a cool job. Yeah, Um, absolutely. But so I started there, wasn't really finding much. And then I started kind of just applying to anything that sounded interesting and kind of fit the bill because I had no idea like what my plan was. I didn't really have a plan going in. And so I kind of narrowed down, like, the Midwest-ish area, and then I started looking for jobs around there. And weirdly, my family has always wanted to move to Minnesota, so I kind of (laughs) was applying in that area, which just seems weird for people who live in Pennsylvania. But so (laughs) that's kind of how that came up. Um, But then, so I had some... I was in the final round for this place called Farm Sanctuary, which is in Watkins Glen, New York, um, as a photo and video specialist. And then I... Was in a final round for Sheets as well. Um, oh, which yeah. we talk about how awesome it is to have like these connections and Ali Cronwetter like totally helped right. me out with that. Yep. And then, <laughs> um, and then finally I was in the final round for St. Cloud State University. So like I had a couple options, but I, I didn't, they're all over the place. Like Sheets was a multimedia designer, some producer, something like that. And then yeah. obviously my St. Cloud State was the video and creative content coordinator. And then my farm sanctuary job was photo and video specialist. So like none of the titles were the same at all, which was right. crazy. Right. I think like the most important part about like what I learned through that whole process. And even though mine wasn't like super lengthy, cause I got hired in December and I mean, I started in October, like, first of all, it's so draining. Like it's just The whole thing is you're just anxious every day. Like you're preparing for interviews. Like it's just not fun. But I think something that I didn't really take into consideration very well was like people would always say to me, you know, you're selling yourself to these people, but they're selling themselves to you Mm -hmm. too. And like when you're new in the field, like you're just kind of trying to find a job. And that that's such a bad mindset to have because a, a few of the opportunities that I got, were not what I wanted to be doing. And then when I got the position that I have now, they are completely taking care of me and treating me like a human being, basically, where beforehand mm-hmm. I couldn't even get a response to an email. So I think that that's yeah. so important to consider when you're fresh out of college.
2: Uh, so do you have any stories from those initial interviews of you know maybe it was a weird experience with an interview or uh, questions that maybe you weren't expecting and, or something like that?
1: Good question. So actually for, so I want to talk about the St. Cloud State situation first a little bit, because it's kind of weird how it happened. But so basically, I applied for this position with St. Cloud State in probably the end of October. And they got back to me a couple weeks later. And they were like, hey, like, you know, like, we want to schedule an interview with you. And I ghosted them. (laughs) Unfortunately, I I lived. I was like, like, in my head, I was like, I'm not moving to Minnesota. Like, why would Mm -hmm. I go through this interview process? So dumb. Like, it was just the beginning of me trying to figure things out. And so I hadn't talked to them. And then like a couple weeks later, I ended up getting a call from my now boss. And she was like, Hey, like, we didn't find the right person, we would love to like, have you in for an interview. And we ended up having like an hour conversation. And she was like, she kept repeating, like, you know, everything happens for a reason. Like, I'm not telling you, you need to take this job, but it's a, it's a good opportunity. Like she was very upfront. I got to ask her like a lot of questions about like how St. Cloud interacts with students and faculty and all that stuff. And, you know, and so I ended up having a call with her and she was like, you know, we'll get you set up for interviews. And I, my first interview with St. Cloud state was a panel interview and Before that, I had only had one-on-one interviews, so when I got put in this panel interview, I was, like, kind of uncomfortable, but I I just, you know, you kind of navigate it, and so, 10 minutes, the interview's over, they didn't ask me if I had any questions, and they, like, the call was over, and I was like, (laughs) I was like, Uh, oh my god, I'm not gonna get this job, so I, like, walked downstairs, and my mom was like, how'd it go, and I was like, I'm not getting this job, like, that was the worst interview I've ever had, I don't even know what happened, And then, you know what? Two weeks later, I get an answer and they're like, okay, you're moving on. Like, it's like, waited two weeks. Yeah. It's like, well, so I actually have another story with the farm sanctuary, um, nonprofit. Yeah. The nonprofit, they, uh, did not get back to me for two months. What? It's it's like no communication at all. And they also didn't get back to They, they, they sent me to the final round, but I had already accepted another position. And it was like two days after I accepted the new job. And I was like, like that whole interview process for Farm Sanctuary was three months long.
0: OK, if, if you're a hiring manager and you're on a hiring group and you're listening, uh, do not do that. Isn't okay, that crazy? Yeah. That is why. Yeah,
2: I, that's I mean, yeah, I, I've had a lot of those similar experiences, too, especially yeah. ones where you just don't hear back ever.
1: Right. Like, well, yeah. That, they don't even
2: bother, <laughs> right. Letting you know anything. <laughs> oh,
0: Jacob, let's just cry now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, we're all good now. We all have jobs, right. But the process is no bueno, as it's, they say.
0: It, oh, yeah. it's brutal. Yeah. Oh, do you? Okay. okay I don't want to. I don't want to stop the storytelling now because this is the most interesting part. Do you have any other things you want to add to that experience? Because. For a lot of folks out there, this is the most interesting time ever in the history of ever almost to to be right out of college applying for a job in the field, right? So so we don't have to mention the fact that there's a pandemic. We don't have to mention the fact that it's just a crazy time in our lives to be in your you, you know young 20s, early 20s trying to get right. a full-time position somewhere when, you know, Half of the workforce is remote. The other half doesn't know if they want to be remote or not. Right? It's just wild out there. So, did that play any role in in anything that you you know that led up to this point of you getting the job?
1: That's a good question. I don't I don't know if I'm going to answer this correctly, but I can give you kind of oh, an answer. Then you answer. don't have to. I
0: don't want to put mean, you on the spot. Th- there is no wrong answer. That's true.
1: I don't think I don't know how to answer it. Um, maybe maybe try asking me again later. But I don't I don't have a I can't answer it right now. I'm sorry.
0: Sure, no, no problem. Uh, In my experience, uh, this has been wild. Okay, I I, luckily, fortunately enough, I was hired. You know, months, a couple months. I was hired in January. I started in January 2019. You know, March of 2020. We're working remote. Uh, so, so like, you know, I totally understand how you wouldn't know how to explain it because I have no idea how to talk about it either. And you know, ten years from now, we may have to talk about it. For new jobs or, or new new things, right? And we may. So I don't know. Just maybe maybe write down those emotions, those experiences, because we'll we'll come back to them.
1: All right, all right.
2: Now, so after all of those experiences, the ghosting on both ends. Apparently, <laughs> the <laughs> you know interview after interview uh what did you find to be successful in your resume in your portfolio moments in the interview what helps you or what did you find that interviewers and hiring committees liked to hear from you
1: yeah good question I think definitely something that is actually not part of like your portfolio or anything but about like your energy when you're in the interview is so important and it gets overlooked Mm -hmm. a lot um I just remember like I'm, I get very like excited and kind of like es- emotional, like when I start talking about things. So like that definitely helped me sell myself to interviewers, especially when they're going through the, like talking to 4,000 people and like even in emails, it's important. I thought it, it depends on your um, job field. Cause I think creatives can be a little bit more personable and like not personable, but personal about themselves. Like I could speak in exclamation points and people would understand like what I meant. Um, but on top of that, um, as I mentioned before, my thesis for sure was a huge part of selling myself and my portfolio. But on top of that, um, with the job that I got, a huge thing was the East broad top railroad documentary because just like the storytelling, even in like, even when people haven't seen the film yet, they can just see the storytelling in the trailer and it's just so helpful. Storytelling is so important. I just want to like hound that. And like when you're in an interview, you have to talk about how important storytelling is. Um, mm-hmm. in my experience, but on top of that, the Northern Map Turtles project was a huge project. Have you mm-hmm. guys seen that project?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And like the turtles swimming underwater like that. It's just something that people don't really think of. So like when they see it, they're kind of blown away by it because they didn't really know what they weren't expecting to see that. Um, And I also think like even with working a lot with Ashley and Haley Purvis, like we all kind of share a similar brand of storytelling. It's like it's like slower and ambient like ambient music. And like it's just like we kind of go for like the pretty look rather than like the quick and. Like the quick uh-huh. movements and the fast transitions and stuff. So I think like that different style was helpful for people to see with the jobs that I was applying to. Um, on top of that, as I talked about this week at Juniata was a big one, just being engaged with the community that you were in. Uh, and then the, I had one more that was super important, which actually led me to apply with that farm sanctuary job was the Huntington Humane Society project that we worked on because I have a super big love for animals and I really want to be able to combine at some point in my life working with animals and with film. So that was super helpful when I was applying to certain jobs.
0: Um, can I, I want to ask real quick, so you just named off several great projects. Uh, for for folks out there who, who also potentially have multiple projects that they're trying to figure out what is important to show and stuff, where do you where did you house all these things and how did you distribute and how did you know what to show first versus do I just let do I let the the folks who are interviewing me uh, look through my stuff like what order am I throwing things out at them?
1: I think it definitely depended on the position I was applying for. So, for example, the um, farm sanctuary job obviously I started with the Huntington Humane Society project because it had directly to do with animals. But after right. that, it just kind of fell under the same, um, order where like my thesis is the most important to me. So I always mentioned that one second or first, mm-hmm. and then like the East Broad mm-hmm. Top Rail- railroad, like we just finished working on. So it kind of went right. like my favorite projects down. So I always had like a similar order to tell.
0: Right. Right. And, and so just to go off of that for, for folks listening, uh, you don't have to have fifty projects. You have to have four, three, two solid projects that showcase your work, your talent, and your ability to grow. And I think that's all that's important. So, so yes, I yeah. did. I've done projects when I was a sophomore in college. Are those projects <laughs> coming up into my thing? Probably not. Hopefully not. Actually. Uh, yeah. So, but 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 it, there is a difference here between some of the projects I've done and some of the projects that that Tatum's used your senior thesis is a project you will perhaps carry around with you forever because not only is it going to show you where you started, where you grew to, and it's just, it's a, it's like that tool. It's at that, it's that piece of work that is yours that you can bring anywhere. And no matter how much technology changes and how, you know, that 1080p footage looks horrible, which it doesn't, but you know, when we're yeah. shooting on 8k and watching stuff on 8k stuff, that's the, that, not that we can tell the difference, but I mean, it's, there's going to be a difference in right. ten years from now, five right. years from now. Uh, so, so, so that's that's neat. So, yeah. And speak being for yourself. Able- I don't have
2: an 8K TV or 4K
0: TV. <laughs> I don't think we. I, wait, I don't think we can even view a difference between anything past 4K. Can we? Do you know that, Tatum?
1: I, I don't know, I, but my my computer, like Wi-Fi, won't even go past 1080p. Like it all buffers anyway, so like <laughs> it literally doesn't even matter to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's wild. So yeah, so that's, that's all I want to get to is that if you have two or three solid projects, and then of course, being, it's just like when you, you tailor your resume and your cover letter to a project, you're obviously going to want to put the ones that are most relevant to that uh, job first. And I love how that you, you explain, uh, you know those projects and how you did that.
1: Thank you. I, yeah. I remember in a previous podcast, Jacob mentioned like, you know, you'd be lucky to have people view your work on your website. Basically it's what he said. Yeah. Like people aren't going <laughs> to view yep. your work. Yep. And, and yep. that hit me like a brick. I was like, it's so hard to think about <laughs> no. like all that work that you put into that. And people like won't watch it, which was a huge yeah. selling point for me when I was applying to jobs because the job that I took my boss actually took the time to go through my work. And like, that's such a huge thing. If, if they take the time to look at your stuff and talk about it to you, you need to go there. They
2: appreciate you. Right. Here's, here's one of my, uh, not nightmare scenarios, but an interview I had for a video producer job at some company in Ohio. Uh, I walk in and this is, I already had the phone interview. So this was the second round. Uh, and I walk in and, like it took a while for them to even come in to meet with me. Like I was just sitting in this big conference room by myself and the receptionist was like, Oh, they'll be with you soon. It's like, go in. And then like, they're just talking, like, it's just a few guys come in they're just talking and, you know, we're greeting each other. And then they pull up my website, not even my current one, like the old one that, uh, that like I had changed and everything. (laughs) And they're like, okay, so uh, what do you think we should look at? I'm like, this was that's what you were supposed to do, <laughs> like you're supposed to look at my stuff. That's right? crazy. Beforehand, it was it was not fun.
0: So but, Jacob, uh, th- there's an important thing, and that is at least you had something. So yeah, we, we talk about you know having a couple projects that are important, but even before that, having a online portfolio that you know they're not going to watch unless they're a great a great employee or employer. You know they're not going to look through, but what they are going to look at is typing your name in and finding that website, clicking on the website. Does this look modern? Does this look good? They have four or five projects. Fine, yeah, and then click off.
1: So, yeah. did you guys have an experience where, in in person, like sit down interviews, did, have you always sh- like shown them work when you were there, like video work?
2: It happened kind of. a couple times. Jacobs. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that was one example where like they were just like, why don't you show us a video that you think is relevant? I was like, what do you I don't. Ugh, yeah, I, we haven't talked about the job yet. How yeah, am I supposed yeah, to yeah. know it's relevant? Right. Uh, so there's some of that. But then some of it was also just kind of talking. And it's more kind of, for lack of a better term, talking philosophy, talking shop mm-hmm. Uh rather than actually showing the, the videos, uh, things like that. Uh, what do you think, Nate?
0: Well, I, uh, yes. So one of the positions, uh, I guess I could talk about it. The position I'm in now, uh, it, it, part of the job is to teach, uh, storytelling, teach digital storytelling, video, audio. Right. And so as a videographer going into the position, uh, one of the things that I did is I brought one of the videos that was sort of a main video on my portfolio and I broke it down into the pieces. And I basically, they were like, how would you teach this? How would you teach, you know, a highly technical process, right? And so since video editing was my thing, I broke down the video and I taught how I put it together. And I don't know if they... thought that that was supposed to happen or if I was supposed to just have a PowerPoint or if I was just supposed to walk through the process. But the fact that mm-hmm. I was able to bring a video, watch through, know that it, I'm proud of this video, it's pick, pick, uh, like pick it apart and then say, this is how I put it together. I think that shows an understanding of video production outside of just the, I'm going to put a camera on a tripod and have an interview yeah. and then put B-roll over top, right? So maybe I'm tooting my own horn, but sometimes as a creative person, you should because having a positive mindset moving forward and being happy about the work that you create is super important.
1: I think that that's yeah. something that I learned at Juniata was how t- I went through like a whole process of feeling like I wasn't enough up until like my mm. last semester of college. And then wow. I... I learned it's like learning how to toot your own horn because you have to you you just don't have a choice you have to be able to learn how to do that at this point yeah uh
2: what about did you have any experiences with having to show work uh, versus just talking about it? What was that kind of dichotomy?
1: I had no, nobody asked me to show work, but I did have, when I sent out emails, I did have like that list of videos always in a certain order about like what I was mm. gonna, what I wanted right. them to view. So it was kind of like right. that, but I was never watching it with them.
0: Sure. So in your yeah. experience, do you think it was more important to have solid recommendations with folks who would understand good video and say, hey, Tatum, knows how to do this. Uh, And so that reference or those references were actually far more important than the fact that, you know, whether or not they looked at a video, right? Because the folks who are, who are hiring you for the most part, unless you're going to work in an in-house video production company, aren't video people, right? Maybe they're creative people, but they're not necessarily videographers. Otherwise, why are they hiring? Yeah. At, At least in small companies, right?
1: Yeah. I actually, um, I had all my references, for my jobs were um, all video or creatives or I right. fell under that. But I don't think any of my references were contacted at all, wow. which I find really weird. Yeah. Cause I thought that was something that was super important, but I just wonder yeah. if people have it. That's just kind of gotten behind with all like the at home interviews and the video yeah. interviews. And I guess I don't really know.
2: Yeah. I don't yeah. even know if anybody contacted my, my references. Yeah. I don't know. I I I think there's once or twice that I heard from my references. Yeah. But yeah I mean I applied to lots of jobs and I don't I don't know many of them actually did anything (laughs) but yeah awesome. So I guess uh to kind of try to put a cap on the conversation uh do you have any uh lingering thoughts or maybe just like the one big piece of advice that you would give to people who are gearing up, maybe just graduated this past uh, December or maybe gearing up to graduate this this summer just for that initial uh, job search?
1: I think something that was super important other than what I already mentioned was that like I don't think you should go in having a dream job. I think it's important mm. to mm. have an idea of what you want to do. But at the end of the day, like as long as you're doing something in the realm of what you love to do, you're going to be okay. So I think it's so important to not just get honed in on one job, and you need to make sure you're considering all your options and not ghosting them, so that you can have even just interview experiences if yeah, things don't yeah, work out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, um, we learned a couple cool things about Minnesota. You're going to Minnesota, right? Right. Yeah, a couple cool <laughs> things about Minnesota. I'm pretty sure they hosted a broom ball tournament like a couple years <laughs> back, so that's important. Uh, but secondly, um, uh. I wanted to ask you one last question. Sure. Uh, And and this is more so for me. I don't know if Jacob really cares, but he might. (laughs) What gear are you rocking or what are you hoping to be rocking in this new position?
1: Great question. I have done a lot of research on this. Good. Um, So as I told you, Nate, I just purchased the Sony a6600 because it Uh fell under my uh budget and I wanted a mirrorless camera. Yeah. I, mm. I decided to go Sony for many reasons, uh, yep. but mostly because, you know, all those lenses you can have forever and they fit all the cameras. Um, yeah. But I would love to be rocking a Sony A7S three
0: A7S Mark three. Yes. If I, I hope they buy it for you. I, okay. I hope they buy it for you.
1: <laughs> I would literally start <laughs> crying on the spot if that happened. I, I would. Is that is that your dream camera, Nate?
0: Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? it's literally a camera it's It's amazing it's amazing oh man that's exciting i'm so happy (laughs) when people say like get excited about kind of the same equipment that i'm like super pumped about yeah i just get super excited i'm so happy you said (laughs) that that's uh, the whole reason i asked this question was to see like sort of what what genre of camera you going in right You, you obviously mirrorless and like what company what brand
1: Right, so. I I I think the canons. I heard Juniata got Canon R fives. I think.
0: Yes, I think R five and R six. Maybe they got one, one one. I know they have two of them. I, we were talking to Rohan about it. I was super pumped about, and those are fun cameras. But yeah, they do not. They don't. I don't think they come close to the uh, excellence that you can get with the Sony. Um. Uh.
1: Yeah. Completely agree. I, I Just
0: you know. I learned on the the Lumix, the uh, GH5, because there's so many operations and things that you can use the camera for. And and that's a great camera to learn on because there's just so many personalized things you can do. And if you give it to somebody who's only ever used one of those cameras that crank and you push the thing, right? If you give them that camera, they'll be like, okay, this looks like a freaking space shuttle. (laughs) And so it was such a hard camera to learn, but to move forward from that camera. Like that's why I'd be super excited to try out Sony camera because I've never shot on them but I've you know I've heard great things
1: They're so creative it's so. just the options that you have on Sony's are cool I haven't used I heard great things I'm sorry I'm getting into this I, I've heard great things about the GH5 <laughs> and I want to try it so bad but I just think Sony's the right thing to run with right now
0: Oh yeah oh yeah you're smart you're smart okay so without the camera anything else any any gimbal any anything in particular? That you I want actually, to talk about or no?
1: I don't work with gimbals. I, I want to learn no, how to use hand-held. a gimbal so bad, but I've done everything handheld. I, I just That's fine. Rohan's my gimbal guy. He shot on gimbal for my <laughs> thesis. So if if I ever need somebody to shoot on a gimbal, I'll just call him, you know? Yeah.
0: Hey, if you if you can walk the walk and you know how to shoot in sixty or 120, 120 frames per second, you're fine. Right. Look at that. You're fine. Look at this. I love this. You could this, all is use com- a this is what our guy. conversation should have been about. This, oh, oh, I love this. <laughs> okay, okay. Enough of that. Enough of that.
2: <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for oh, uh, for thank you. giving us your wisdom. Thank you. Yeah, seriously. This. Thank
0: you guys. Thank you for enlightening us.
1: Yeah. Thank you for making me feel like I have wisdom. That's so cool. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's so fun to talk about. I appreciate yeah, it so much. Yeah. Oh, yeah
0: alrighty so I'm bringing back out my book of fake swears and uh, if you if you're not aware this isn't conversation if you're not aware this is the book that I got from uh, becca again I said I would bring one every time I think I forgot last week so today's yep. fake swear okay is I'm gonna do two of them Okay, I don't even know if this is good. So the first one is flock my fur tree. Okay, so the reason you would say flock my fur tree, and this is the context, flock my fur tree, I don't think we're alone, Darlene. That was the context. So the 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 uh, when you would use this is when you realize you simply cannot listen to Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney ever again, or when they cut your own Christmas tree, you have just jammed into your car begins to rustle. So maybe there's a squirrel in the tree or something. You'd say, flock my fur tree. Okay, the second one I want to talk about today is is flubber, okay? It's when you keep getting junk emails that you've unsubscribed from. You, you'll you yell flubber then. Or <laughs> when the self-checkout register keeps repeating, an attendant has been notified to assist you. You yell flubber. So that's my definitely not procrastinating today. Thank you, that's Jacob. That's your thank definitely you, not procrastinating. That's great. Oh, yeah, thank you. Oh, see, I need that positivity in my life, Jacob.
1: That was great. Jacob's over it, I can see it in his eyes I'm sorry,
2: sometimes I I, Well, because I thought that you were just going to try to use them in conversation And then I would have to figure it out
1: Well,
0: I forgot, because you know Only when we don't have a guest on this show We can't be that uncivilized, Jacob That's so
1: funny
2: (laughs) Well, uh, Tatum, do you have anything for us?
1: I do Um, I won't get too into it But I do watch a lot of Peter McKinnon Do you guys watch Peter McKinnon?
0: Yes, yes I do you not. You kidding me,
1: <laughs> Jacob? He's like a real the god. videographer. He's like the god of videographer oh YouTube. Uh, yeah. So I watched this awesome video, which you might have seen, Nate, um, and it was basically about this guy who does uh, macro photography, and mm-hmm. I just think it's the coolest thing ever. But basically, he takes like objects, like one of my favorite things in the world, a Krispy Kreme donut. And, uh, like gummy bears or pennies or Lego figures. And he photographs them in like, they're so crisp and clear. And then he frames them and he like showed us his process of doing it on the video. And then he also made three Lego prints that sit next to each other, um, for Peter McKinnon to have in his place. And I want one so bad. So I've been researching the internet to find one, but nobody makes them. So if you're listening to this podcast and you make Lego, photography pictures for the wall please let me know but that is what i've been watching and it's called wow. the video is called five cent gummy bear versus fifty thousand dollar camera if you ever want to watch it
0: Ooh, i don't think i've seen that video i've seen it's a lot really of cool. stuff but i'll have to look into it micro like that nice. photography that's a cool genre to get into yeah okay. all right
2: jacob uh well i mean i was saying before we started i haven't really been watching anything so i can't give any movies that nobody's heard of or they seems to think everything i bring is marvel okay so. jacob
0: let's be honest let's be honest with ourselves
2: i've i i do it whenever there's something new and that's only like once every couple months so okay. let's ease up <laughs> uh but i i think uh we talked about in our resolutions episode yeah uh that i wanted to be doing more music again getting mm. back into that just because I, I got super off track and i have been meaning to pull out the, the trombone, which I still haven't done. But I now have this handy dandy uh, MIDI keyboard controller ooh, ooh,
0: thing. Ooh, play us a tune. Play us a tune. Uh,
2: That's so uh, cool, Jacob. It's, it's not it's not turned on. I need to oh, boot up the program. Dude. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I didn't want to accidentally. When we have <laughs> a guest here, I don't want to accidentally lean uh, over. A good and then excuse. Just, like, play. Yeah. Uh, Get out of here. Come next back time. next week. Next time. <laughs> but. Uh, i've also mentioned that evan quinter and i wanted to like do some musical stuff Uh uh and uh you know like do our own musical and and write songs and stuff and so we actually had a uh brainstorming sesh uh this past saturday and it was just such a joy even though it was like over facetime like we are now it was just so cool like to have he had his guitar and i had my keyboard and he would like give me his idea, and then he would tell me the chords, and I'd be able to like fuck it out, and we would, you know, work on things together. Uh, and dare I yeah. say,
0: rainbow without Nate? No, that's you fine. may dare. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome.
2: But yeah, cool. so, so I guess I mean that's more of a experiential. Yeah, definitely not procrastinating, but that's super cool. That's me yeah. every Music's time, fun,
0: right? Yeah, I love it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I love it. So that's it. Cool. Well, I
0: um, additionally, I want to I want to mention that there are several new Bo Miles, uh, uh, my favorite Australian videos out. So, if you don't know Bo Miles, Tatum, have you heard of Bo Miles?
1: I do not know who that is, but okay. I'm gonna go on to YouTube
0: right now. right now. Type in Bo Miles and type in uh, his latest video is Run the Rock, and basically okay. he takes okay his friend. He runs with a friend, and his friend tripped over this rock. So what does he do? He takes his wheelbarrow to the rock, digs the rock up, and drops the rock off at his friend's house. But this Australian dude, he's wild. He's crazy. You're going to love him. His his storytelling, he takes nothing and turns a story into it. Okay, so go there. Okay. I want to put that out there. And if there's any listeners out there. Go there as well. I know Evan Quinter is a big fan since I <laughs> introduced him. Bo Miles, my favorite Australian ever.
1: I'll check it out. I have it up right for after this. So
0: Wonderful. Well, really appreciate you coming on the show. It's amazing that we can get yeah. out of folks here, especially super creative ones, super talented ones. Uh, do you have any uh, yeah. social media that you want to plug? Uh,
1: yeah. So everything – Is under what well, my website is under Tatum Rain, and then everything else would be under Tatum R. Poyer. And my last name is spelled P O I R I E R. So, okay, thank you
0: for spelling that out because at the beginning when I butchered it, now
1: (laughs) I understand. Good luck with everybody if they forget it, but thank you guys so much for having me for real. That this was awesome,
0: absolutely.
2: Hopefully, we can have you again on soon.
1: That'd be great.
2: Thanks for listening. Write That Down is produced by Nate Ulrich and Jacob Novak. Music for this podcast includes Answered by Ketza and Dream 13 by Punch Deck. You can find both artists in the description for this episode, along with links to our social media. If you'd like to be part of the show, you can email your questions, topics, brain suggestions, and more to askwtd at gmail.com. Once again, that's askwtd at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.